you are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. going on everybody welcome to another episode another week here on the locked on vikings podcast part of the locked on podcast network your team every day as always i'm your host your pal and the kid you copied off in math class my name is luke braun you can find me on twitter at luke braun nfl and the show is on twitter at locked on vikings today we got to talk about the vikings chiefs preseason game vikings lose 28 to 25 in arrowhead stadium fall to 0 three on the preseason not that that really matters uh, but the game was not as close as that score probably suggests. The Vikings didn't really show any signs of life until well into the second half with mostly uh, threes and some fours playing. Uh, the, the number one units on both sides of the ball were uh, pretty bad, and so we got to pick up a lot of the pieces. But as always, the preseason is about individuals, and you're not 100% bad on everything. There were some individuals that had some good games. We're going to shout that stuff out, too. And that's the last time we are going to see the Vikings play before they actually step on the field in Cincinnati to play some meaningful football and to preview the meaningful football this year. The Locked On Podcast Network is doing it like nobody else does it. August 30th, that's today, through September 8th, Locked On's Ultimate Season Preview takes you through every team in every division with the help of Odyssey's Ross Tucker and Jason Lockenfora. Follow the Ultimate Season Preview 2021 feed on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts, and you can tune in beginning today, August 30th. And yes, I'm going to be on there too when it's time for the NFC North. But first things first, let's talk about the uh, the Chiefs game. So I, I think the best way to probably organize all these thoughts is to do it the way we did it last week, where we kind of talk about the quarterbacks, and then we'll do the rest of the offense, and then we'll do a segment at the end for the defense. And the reason I want to dedicate more time to the quarterbacks is A, because they're quarterbacks, and B, because I the the thoughts that I have about the quarterbacks probably require a little bit more time to like accurately describe, especially when it comes to Mond, there's a lot of balancing to do. But we'll start with Kirk Cousins, where you don't necessarily need to uh, show a lot of nuance. Kirk Cousins was real bad again, <laughs> uh, to the point where you know people want to be concerned. And again, you know I talked about this last week, but again, people are kind of saying, hey, was it the play calling? Was it the you know, is this quarterbacking? What, what do we do? And and essentially, I get a lot of questions that sound like the subtext of them is, who can we fire to make this problem go away? And that's usually the way that I, I don't know, fan uh, analysis kind of goes. That's usually the way I see it when, when broad communities come up with a take. It's usually that someone needs to be fired. And then once you cut out the cancer, the rest of the thing dies, right? And unfortunately, that's not usually that easy. If it were that easy, Uh, the team probably would do it. But when it comes to the ineptitude of the Vikings offense in the first uh, quarter here of of the preseason game, the Kirk Cousins drives, Kirk Cousins just played bad. Like, I don't really know. That's it. He checked down too much. He responded poorly to pressure. Uh, He his reads seemed to be kind of off again. He didn't have a lot of rhythm. But yeah, there wasn't a Dalvin Cook. There wasn't a Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen. Uh, was I think only no he I'm thinking last week he wasn't in the game the first drive the Vikings were out they actually did march down the field pretty well the uh, run blocking was really good it allowed Amir Abdullah to get some good gains there were a couple of really nice plays to Irv Smith who looks fantastic Uh, and then it kind of stalled out they kicked a field goal and then the next couple drives went I think they had three three and outs in a row 
including like after Kirk Cousins came off the field. And those three and outs seemed to fall at some part of them always seemed to fall on Cousins. There was one play that I want to talk about that I think exemplifies a lot of the Cousins issues here. Uh, it was a third and 15. It was his last play out before he got pulled for, for Jake Browning. And uh, it was not his fault that he was in third and 15. Third and 15 came because of the sack. You might remember it that uh, Amir Abdullah basically uh, took the wrong side. Um, I, I think it's actually a protection call issue. So that might actually be Kirk Cousins' fault or maybe Garrett Bradbury's. Um, but the protection was called in such a way where Amir Abdullah was taking a play fake on one side of Kirk Cousins, and on the other side of Kirk Cousins, there was an unblocked rusher. Amir Abdullah couldn't cross Cousins' face fast enough to stop the rusher, and it was basically an insta-sack. So it was a, a mental error on somebody's part. Somebody wasn't in the right place. Um, unblocked rusher up the A-gap is going to be an insta-sack every single time. There's nothing the quarterback can do about that except make a different call in the first place. And that made it second and 19. Second down, they run for like four, which is hilarious. I don't know why you do that, uh, but I guess they did. So they run for four and you have a third and 15. And on that third and 15, um, they ran a concept, uh, some kind of smash concept, hard to see. Um, and what a smash concept is, is essentially a, a high low. So you have a couple of low routes on the sidelines and then you have a couple of high routes on the sidelines. And it's basically supposed to stress cornerbacks in zone coverage and make them pick between the high guy or the low guy, right? Obviously, it's third and 15. They're always going to pick the high guy, but we didn't even get a chance to get to that uh, part of the play before Kirk Cousins checked down. Kirk Cousins checked down on third and 15 before the deep routes could develop um, in response to some slight pressure that Ezra Cleveland gave up. And I, so I posted this on the on, on Twitter. I posted this clip and I kind of said, hey, man, you can't check down that fast. You know, that pressure was moderate. You could have sidestepped that, let the rest of the play develop and see if anybody comes open. And if nobody comes open and you check down after, I'm much more open to that. Um, and people went insane when I posted that, uh, I, I, I really don't get why that got so much pushback. Like he completed a pass for six yards to a blanketed guy on third and 15. That's a bad play. And I don't really understand why people are like reticent to accept that as a bad play. That's a bad play. You can't do that. You have to, I'm not asking him to scramble around. A bunch of people said, well, wow, he'll get injured. You know what makes you get injured less? Running away from the guys that are trying to hit you. I don't really... That's like basic logic. I don't know. It always seemed to me that standing in the pocket and throwing and taking a hit... And he almost got his legs taken out on that play, actually, because of the way the, the pressure kind of manifested itself. The guy kind of dove at him. Um, he didn't actually take a hit. But if he did, it would have been like a low, kind of dangerous hit. Uh, I would have side, maybe tried to sidestep that. I would have asked him to maybe get further away from that contact if we were worried about preserving his health in the preseason, which is absolutely a noble goal. Uh, but I, I think more so, you buy a little time. I don't need him to scramble around and run and turn into Patrick Mahomes on the play. I, I, I just want him to, scram to, to sidestep a little bit, to work the pocket, buy a couple extra steps for your wide receivers, in a way that actually later in the game, Kellen Mond did a really good job of exactly that. But like we have seen this problem now from Kirk Cousins for two weeks here, and I think it's right to be concerned. Now, the way I see Kirk Cousins is he's just streaky like this. He'll come out of it. The one thing you can guarantee about Kirk Cousins is that one game to the next, uh, he's not necessarily going to be the same guy. He's just not consistent, which when he's playing poorly is actually a really good thing. He's not consistent when he's bad either. So give him two weeks to get into a different mood. We'll see what comes out week one. As for the backup quarterbacks, Jake Browning was, again, just simply awful. 
Um, he completed one very good pass down the sideline to KJ Osborne in a two minute drill. Everything else was wildly inaccurate. And he was also kind of hyper conservative. And then there was Kellen Mond, who um, I kind of spent too much time on Kirk Cousins. But Kellen Mond, I'm going to call it an up and down day. And an up and down day is progress. I did not need to see Mond play well enough to win the QB2 job. And I don't think he has. I think Jake Browning lost it, but I don't think Kellen Mond is the one who picked it up. If you ask me, I think the backup quarterback is not on the roster yet. If I were in in charge or if I were in the room, at least I would be advocating for the Vikings to go get somebody else to be the backup quarterback. I don't think that guy's on the roster right now. And Mond still made just too many mistakes. He bailed on clean pockets too much. I, I posted an example of that on Twitter, too, that people really, really argued whether or not that was a clean pocket. It was like Im- immaculate. It was perfect. <laughs> and he bailed on it. That's just a mistake. You can't do that. Um, you know, he had a couple of inaccurate passes, but he also had some really good rhythm moments, especially with Amir Smith-Marset. Um, he had a particular play where he climbed the pocket in a way I really liked. Uh, he had a, I, I thought he had really good streaks of play, especially down the stretch. And again, especially when the Vikings were in a hurry up mode where you're just kind of balling and you're not playing, you're not thinking as much, you're just playing football. Um, and I think, you know, Kellen, the, the old thing is he a hooper or a basketball player. I think he has to be a hooper. I, he can't be a basketball player, you know? Um, and that's a problem for a backup quarterback, but at least in a two minute drill, you know, you can kind of see things start to speed up for him a little bit. He's got a lot of time to to get more consistent at that. Um, and, you know, now he basically just gets to sit and uh, incubate in the shadows, which is where we want him to be right now. Uh, so I thought an okay game for Kellen Mond. And I, all I wanted to see was progress, and I definitely saw progress, so I'm fine with that. Terrible for Jake Browning, terrible for Kirk Cousins. There's your quarterbacks, yay. What's not terrible? It's Built Bar. Built Bar is the number one protein bar out there. It is the most delicious one on the planet, covered in 100% chocolate. comes in nine delicious flavors like cherry, cookies and cream, chocolate orange, chocolate raspberry, chocolate mint, chocolate peanut butter, all sorts of delicious stuff. I recommend the sampler. There is an option. You can get two of each flavor. Try it out. See what you like. You can find that at Built.com or BuiltBar.com. will take you there still too. And you can enter promo code LOCKED15 to get a box of delicious protein bars. They're low calorie, low sugar, low carb, high protein, high fiber. They won't knock you off the wagon if you're trying to lose or maintain weight and they're keto friendly to boot. So head on over to built.com and enter promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, all one word. You get 15% off of your next order. That is at built.com. Before I move on to the offense, one thing I just want to get off my chest here. Uh, So when I was talking about Kirk Cousins a lot, uh, especially when I was posting kind of clips and talking about how the problem I had with with him, um, you know, checking down too fast and stuff, there were a lot of people, including people that have known me for years, uh, basically accusing me of having like an agenda about Kirk Cousins. And I've only post I'm only I only hate this play because of his vaccination status, man, that has nothing to do with my evaluations. Like, I stick by my stance on the unvaccinated Vikings. I think Kirk Cousins, Dalvin Cook, Adam Thielen, Dalvin Tomlinson, all of them are hurting the team by not being vaccinated. I've been very clear about that and talked about it at length. We don't need to get into it. Um, but when it comes to what they do on the field, that is absolutely, like, not affecting the way that I talk about them. And I, I it really gets under my skin when people kind of see what I put out there and see it as somehow unobjective. I am like one of my biggest principles on this show and everything that I do is to accept the answer you come out with, whether or not it makes you feel good, right? 
whether or not it makes you wrong, whether or not it, uh, you know, reflects poorly on a player that you like or reflects well on a player that you don't like, you accept the answer you come out with. You have to. And what that means is that sometimes I'm going to say stuff you disagree with. I'm not just going to parrot the same narratives. And when I see something that I didn't think was good, I will point that out. And it's not always going to be on the easy stuff. Super easy to be like, ah, Dakota Dozier is bad. Although he did kind of have a good game uh, for the second week in a row. And I think he might have earned himself a roster spot. But that, that's neither here nor there. It's really easy to say, hey, Dakota Dozier, look how bad he is. Ha ha ha. Chad Beebe, you know, these public enemy number one guys. And it's super easy to look at, you know, the guy we all want to be really, really exciting. Wyatt Davis, look how good he was. Uh, and, and get everybody really excited and, and go with all that. I'm never going to do that, though, because I wouldn't be honest. And I'm always, always, always going to be honest. You can always expect that from me. And what that means is that sometimes you're not going to agree with what I have to say. That's totally fine. Let's talk about it. You know, let's let's discuss where we differ. I think that can be a great process. Um, but that means that sometimes I'm going to say things about a player you like that are bad. If you really like Kirk Cousins and I'm criticizing Kirk Cousins, yeah, that's going to happen. But that means that you can trust that when I have something good to say about Kirk Cousins, damn it, I mean it. I can't promise that I'm going to come down on the side of an issue that you're on or that you want me to be on, but I can promise that whatever side of an issue I come down on, I mean it with all my heart. So anyways, the rest of the offense, of course, the pass catchers, again, really difficult to evaluate because of the quarterbacking, especially the guys that were in with Jake Browning, but some standouts include KJ Osborne kind of finally had the game, uh, the, the preseason game that reflected the camp that he had. Had a couple of really explosive plays, seemed to be open pretty much all night, had a really nice game, I thought. I thought Amir Smith-Marset had a slow start to the game and then kind of picked it up, which in the preseason is obviously kind of grain of salt because, you know, what's the strength of competition doing as the game wears on? Um, but it was nice to see him kind of kick it in in the fourth quarter. I, I thought he did really well as a returner. He was the only returner getting any returning in the whole game. Um, of course, you know, Amir Abdullah was uh, sat after his carries in in uh, from scrimmage and there's no Kene Wangwu so it's not like his competition was going to take him from anyways but I thought he did well with those reps and, and might have earned the job just based on having that opportunity um, and I, I thought otherwise in terms of the the tight ends you had of course Zach Davidson got like called out by Rick Spielman like in the middle of the broadcast on an interception from Kellen Mond where he like sailed it and it kind of went behind him but Davidson probably could have adjusted better to that ball and he didn't and Spielman called it out and that was far from the only mistake he made I thought Zach Davidson had a putrid game and Brandon Dillon had a like okay game and I think Brandon Dillon won the tight end three job based off of that uh, and in terms of offensive line, um, I thought Ole Udo had an okay game. He had two mistakes by my eye. Uh, he uh, gave up one pressure and he gave up one holding penalty where he kind of got beat off the line and he had tried to hold to uh, to make up for it and he got caught. Uh, so other than that, though, I thought he had a good game and that's too, too many mistakes, I think. But it was still, you know, not like a catastrophic game or anything like that. Um, Ezra Cleveland, I noticed a couple mistakes from... I didn't really notice anybody else. Uh, I might want to rewatch kind of focusing in on those guys and, and see if I come out with something different. But, you know, not noticing them is probably good news. Uh, and then on the uh, other side, I thought Wyatt Davis kind of struggled. Um, I thought Mason Cole didn't have as good a game as he's had in the preseason, but still like very comfortably makes the roster. And again, I thought Dakota Dozier had a pretty good game. He played left guard in uh, lieu of, of Drew Samia. And uh, I, I don't know, I thought it was solid. He even got a catch because that's what kind of game this was. And then, of course, you know, the running backs, uh, A.J. Rose had two touchdowns in this game. The Vikings finally scored offensive touchdowns. 
Um, and uh, they were both AJ Rose touchdowns. I don't know if AJ Rose like actually played all that well though. I mean, he followed the blocks and he he did what he was supposed to do. And the second touchdown was definitely earned. He scored it through a linebacker. Um, but I I don't know if he's quite like made the team I know that's super weird to say after he's been kind of the guy this preseason but evaluating running backs has to be more than just looking at the yards that they got you have to look at the kind of how they created those yards and I think AJ Rose ran really really hard in that Denver game and then just because was kind of a guy in the other two Um, maybe he still made somebody's roster I don't know if it'll be the Vikings although if there's enough injuries it's certainly possible Interestingly, no Danchisena in this game. Uh, I think he was injured or something. Chad Beebe was horrifyingly bad, though. Oh my God, he was. He could not get separation from anybody. Um, I think he got like one catch, and I guess that was fine. But he did, like lost on so many routes, and he got knocked off his spot. He just looked completely incapable of playing, even with third teamers on the Chiefs. I, I if he makes the roster, we riot. I cannot see a world where where Chad Beebe actually deserve like makes this roster and deserves it. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe we're all wrong about everything. The Vikings go 17-0. and And if you want to bet that outcome, you actually can at betonline.ag, your number one spot for all pro and college football action this upcoming season. Get all of the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL Survivor Contest. Open now at BetOnline. Head to the website or use your mobile device. You can sign up for free and receive your 100% welcome bonus be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo make a bet on the thursday september 9th season opener it's coming up between the super bowl champion buccaneers and the dallas cowboys and if you lose your wager will be refunded up to 25 dollars for new customers only when signing up and using promo code nfl 100 bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all of your favorite sports from football basketball boxing right to your favorite vet vegas casino games don't wait and take advantage of all of the great offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, I guess we have to talk about the defense too. So the first team defense struggled hard against Patrick Mahomes and the high flying Chiefs. To be expected, somewhat, um, both because they're the Chiefs um, and also because you were missing a lot of starters again. No Daniel Hunter, no Anthony Barr, who's still dealing with something. Eric Kendricks didn't go. Uh, Harrison Smith didn't go. Patrick Peterson didn't go. So it's like, yeah, the defense will suck if they're playing an elite team and they're down six starters. I don't think that's particularly informative, but you kind of expected them to do at least better than that. Uh, so I, I think you can probably ju- justify some level of concern. Mainly the, the concern is Nick Vigil. Again, preseason is not about team results and overall stuff. The fact that the Chiefs drove down really well on the Vikings isn't particularly meaningful to me. The fact that Nick Vigil was the culprit on like way too many of those plays is he's going to be the linebacker three and he's probably going to be the guy getting the reps if Anthony Barr can't go right away by week one. Very much a possibility. And the fact that he was poor, like that's meaningful. Now, he was pretty good in in the rest of the preseason, so it's not existential or, or anything like that. Again, I, I don't think the Vikings are going to go out and start like shopping around draft picks for linebackers or anything unless Anthony Barr is going to be out for you know the entire season or something like that. Then maybe you do something, but I, I, I don't think we're to that point yet. But like whatever your evaluation of Nick Vigil was, you could probably move it down a notch after this game. Um, also, I, Troy Dye made a couple mistakes. Chaz Surratt made a bunch of mistakes. Um, the, the cornerbacks were really, really interesting. I, I thought Chris Boyd had a pretty poor game and Cameron Dantzler had a good one, um, which is interesting because Chris Boyd kind of leapfrogged Cameron Dantzler in the depth chart this preseason. 
Um, I don't know if he made good on that opportunity, uh, Chris Boyd. I don't think he played very well in either of the, of the last two games. We'll see where he lands on it. Um, Bashad Breland, I thought, had a fine game outside of the one horrifying uh, play where Tyreek Hill destroyed him for a touchdown. That's what his game's going to be remembered for. That's how it works at cornerback. It's probably fine. Um, but that was, let's talk about that play. So Tyreek Hill streaking down the sideline, big, long touchdown, right? And he was one-on-one with, with Bashad Breland. Bashad Breland plays press bail and just absolutely does not have the speed to keep up with Tyreek Hill. This is what Tyreek Hill does to people. He should not have been one-on-one there at all. Um, and the safeties basically botched the call again, I think is what happened. The Chiefs broadcast actually broke it down really well, where they kind of, Patrick Mahomes kind of caught the safeties cheating. You had Cameron Bynum, who was cheating up, uh, either to be a box man in the run or, or blitz or something like that. And Xavier Woods had uh, kind of rotated over to be the single high safety. So Mahomes knew it was a single high look, even though it was supposed to be disguised as a two high look. Um, and from there, he kind of did the math and realized that Tyreek Hill was one-on-one against a dude that's slower than him and then that, that, then his curtains, right? Um, so you, it's kind of the same thing as the Cameron Dantzler one from the Denver game against KJ Hamler where, yeah, it's bad that the guy got beat one-on-one that bad, but you kind of have to put some of the blame on the safeties too. Um, and the other touchdown was a red zone touchdown where Mahomes threw like across his body at this ridiculous angle that nobody else will be able to do. And it's like, okay, whatever. He's just crazy. Like, I don't really know what to do about that. I thought of all the games, this was Cameron Bynum's worst. I wasn't as harsh on his first two games as everybody else was. I'm as harsh as everybody else is on this one. This one was really bad. Uh, he just clearly wasn't ready. So you got to move him down to kind of the safety four thing. You're not going to cut him. He's a fourth round rookie. Um, but you kind of got to move him down to the fourth safety only in emergencies. And I think another thing we have to scour the waiver wire for. Uh, and I, I don't think Miles Dorn did much at all. I don't know if Mattel's even got into this game. I didn't notice him at all. Um, maybe he did. I don't know. But I, I don't. He definitely did not uh, make the team for me. I don't think he or Dorn does still. I think I'm sticking to my keep three safeties and then either waiver wire, pick somebody up or just kind of roll with that. I thought Mackenzie Alexander was fine. Um, I thought Harrison Hand struggled a lot. In this game, um, obviously disappointing to me. I love Harrison Hand. I'm rooting for him so hard, uh, but he really struggled a lot. He got beat a ton, especially down the stretch of a two-minute drill uh, where there was a lot of soft coverages, but he was supposed to kind of break on balls and contest catches, and he was way too slow on all of it. Um, And then I guess we'll talk about the defensive line too. Everson Griffin, kind of a superstar in this one which is fun. Uh, that's really nice to see that he, in his weird looking number 58, uh, his spin move was still there. He got a sack even. Um, DJ Wanham got a sack as well. Uh, Steven Weatherly was not as good as DJ Wanham in this one. Again, I think DJ Wanham has kind of sealed up that that battle between uh, him and Weatherly for that first defensive end spot. And now I think Weatherly is either going to be a rotational guy or maybe traded. I don't know. Kind of makes sense. On the interior, Dalvin Tomlinson definitely did not have as good of a game. Um, he he and Trey Smith had a war. Oh my God, those guys were fun to watch. And I think Trey Smith got the better of him more than more often than the other way around. But Dalvin Tomlinson got his licks in. Uh, Michael Pierce, I thought, was fine. Um, and then elsewhere on the edges, he had like Mata Afa and Jalen Holmes. I don't think those guys... Uh, Mata Afa, I think he got a sack or like at least a really good pressure. I don't think Jalen Holmes did a lot. I just don't like watching Jalen Holmes play. He just looks so lethargic out there. He just looks so low energy out there. Um, It's kind of the same thing as with the Denver game. I don't know. Something about him just rubs me the wrong way. Something about his energy. Maybe he's just an even keel guy and I'm reading it wrong. 
Uh, but I, I don't know. He definitely didn't have a great game by my estimation. Um, in, in terms of uh, all of the, the later guys, I don't think anybody did anything to really make a, a last-minute push toward the roster, except maybe Kenny Willekes, who runs with a, who, who I, I thought had a lot of t- tenacity. Um, he lined up at defensive tackle again, though, and it's very clear that he's out of place there. I really think he should stay at edge rusher, but I guess there's just not room for him, so they're moving him to tackle where maybe he has a shot to, to win the job. Um, oh, Sheldon Richardson is another one I should shout out. He had a really, really poor game. Um, especially against the run, which is kind of not his job, and I don't think he'll be on the field a lot uh, on on for a lot of run plays, as best as the Vikings can predict that. Um, but he really got washed out a lot in the run. It was it was pretty poor there. So a, a lot more bad than good on the defense, of course. Um, but I think it's better to break it down into the individuals who did poorly and kind of what the ramifications of that are. And in a lot of cases, the ramifications are, well, that guy did poorly. He's not going to be on the field as much. And so that's kind of a big reason why preseason is not that predictive in total um, and why it's so noisy is because the results sort of sort themselves out in a way that makes them less impactful. The things that happen in preseason, especially the negative things, are sort of set up naturally to not happen in the regular season because they give the coaches the chance to pull that guy and then on special teams um i think it was greg coleman on kfan actually pointed out that britain colquitt like had a flaw in his technique that he fixed he was he wasn't straightening his arms out enough on his drops um and that's why he punted so much better in the colts game and that bore out he played a lot better again in the chiefs game i think britain colquitt's good um, he's not in any trouble or anything like that greg joseph on the other hand just can't make a field goal over 50 that's just the law now he cannot make a field goal over 50. That's the kicker we have. And if we can improve on that in waivers, I think we will do so. And I don't think that'll be hard to find a guy. So I don't think Greg Joseph is going to be the guy. I don't think he was nearly good enough in camp or the preseason. It was really, really rough for him. Um, and elsewhere on special teams, um, I actually thought Harrison Hand acquitted himself very well on, on special teams. I thought Ty Smith was very poor on special teams as a gunner. Got pushed out of bounds a lot. He even got a penalty for not coming back in fast enough. Um, and he didn't break down very well. I thought Ryan Connolly made a bunch of plays uh, on special teams and from scrimmage, honestly. I still really, really, really think he should make the roster, but he might end up as in this kind of player 54 limbo. Um, so we'll see where it all happens. Roster cuts are tomorrow on August 31st. So I'm going to do a roster prediction probably tomorrow. Um, or no, I'll do a mailbag. It's Twitter Tuesday, of course. So get your questions in uh, at Locked on Vikings on Twitter, at Lupron NFL on Twitter. Send them to me at Locked on Vikings podcast at gmail.com. You can email that to that address too, or fill out the Google form in the show notes. Uh, I'll actually be able to check it because now I'm home, so I can check uh, for some old questions too if they're still relevant. Uh, In the meantime, you can find me at those places on Twitter, and I'll see you all tomorrow. And as always, Skull.